We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. This dream is recorded in Genesis chapter 28, starting in verse 10. That's where we're going to spend most of our time tonight. But before we get into that, um, I want to pray that God would have his way in this podcast, because if he doesn't do what he does, then what I'm doing is completely pointless, if you know what I'm saying. So God, we come to you. We, we, we humbly come before you. You are God, and we're yours. You, you bought us, and you loved us, and... You've spoken your word over us. You've given your promises to us. And we stand in your promises, God. We stand in the promises that you've given through the blood of your Son. You've sealed your promises with the precious, precious, costly, tragic blood, glorious blood, the blood that was shed. And that's, we remember, God, we remember that blood was shed blood and not just any blood but jesus your blood was shed for us for our sins and we remember and we are grateful for the blood that you shed for our souls there is no one who could have done it but you you did it you did it we know there's no one even close who qualified or even if they did qualify it would go through with it only you only you you are you are the chief the king the high priest the the one who mediates for us we ask god for your great mercy and power to be released through these weak words through this weak vessel but a vessel filled, God, I ask, with the Holy Spirit of God. Fill me, anoint me for your purposes. God, speak through me. Use my voice. Here I am, God. I'm yours. Use my voice. Minister to your church, God. Speak the words that are in your hearts, God. We want to hear. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your teachings tonight. We want to we want to look to you and find you in your word, God. We ask you for a breakthrough in this podcast. Breakthrough for those who are weary and drown, downtrodden, those who are in depression and struggling to survive. I pray for breakthrough, God. Breakthrough in this hour. God, you said where sin abounds, that your grace will abound all the more. And we're asking for abounding grace to come through us in this dark hour when, when, when the saints are being tested, when many are turning fully away from you, God. In this dark hour, we turn our hearts to you. And we ask for your spirit to be poured out upon us. We look to you, God. You are the magnificent one you are the you are the holy one you are the redeemer the savior you are the lord who reigns we bow before you we worship you 
We give you thanks and praise. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your help in this hour. We thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you. You are good to us. And we praise your name. You just you deliver us all the time. You're so good to us, faithful in every minute. Even when we're unfaithful, you stand steadfast in faithfulness, God. And it's not our faithfulness. It's your faithfulness, yours that we trust in. We look to. We want to be like you. We want to be faithful like you. We, we trust you to take us through this path of faithfulness to your name and the power that you give to make us faithful. Faithful witnesses who say the things that you want to say. God, we want to be faithful witnesses saying the things that you want us to say. In this hour, God, we just ask for a release of power in your church for those ministering, on Twitter, God, I just, my, my brothers that are ministering day in and day out, God, your word is living in prayer. God, just pray for your strength on social media today that your word would prevail, that your word would prevail. Thank you, God. Thank you. We, um, so last episode, we were in Genesis chapter 11. That's the Tower of Babel. Before that, we were in Genesis 3. And that's where the snake gets Adam and Eve to eat from the fruit of knowledge. So Adam and Eve now have this knowledge, and what do they do with it? They get together and they decide to build a tower. They build this tower called Babel, which means gate of God or gateway of the gods or a door into the realm of transcendence with the gods. So the driving desire of Adam and Eve now that they've eaten from this fruit is this desire of transcendence. They want to get up into the clouds. They want to live among the gods. They want to take their rightful place. They want to storm into heaven and say, here we are, we're, we're one of you. But God says, no, not so fast. You'll get your chance to do that, but before you do, I'm going to confuse your languages so you can't understand one another. So, Adam's race is thwarted from the thing that they most want to do is to build this tower up into heaven, to transcend, to take their, 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 the work of their hands and build into the heaven and tell the world of their greatness. Shocking, right? How could, how could anything like that ever happen? I mean, it just seems completely ludicrous. Yet that is the exact scenario we find ourselves in today where Adam's race is once again pursuing transcendence, once again going after the fruit of knowledge, cognition. They're once again trying to transcend into heaven and become one with the gods. Take their place among them. 
So this Genesis 11 moment is again appearing in human history before our very eyes. And the same scenario plays out at the end. And how do we know that that happens at the end? Well, because there's some, someone called Babylon the Great. If Babylon the Great is on the scene at the very end of the play, then somewhere along the line we can trace the history of Babylon all the way back to its inception in the Tower of Babylon. There's a, there's a thread that connects Genesis 11 with Revelation 19. There's a thread that goes all the way through the Bible, begins in Genesis 11. Well, it reaches all the way back to Genesis 3, actually. But it goes through Genesis 11 and runs all the way through to Revelation 19. So, God has a bigger plan. He's got a bigger purpose. And he's not going to let the smallness of human thinking slow him down. He is so far beyond our thinking, so far beyond what we could even conceive, that it's hard for us to imagine what it's like for God to have a plan that's even bigger than the bigness of the thing that we're watching unfold before us, which seems to be pretty big. God is bigger, and not only bigger, infinitely more so in every way. And those who can recognize God that has this plan, you can lock into the plan with him as he takes you through the pathway of faithfulness to his name and ride it all the way through to the glory beyond. Let's just put it that way. There is a hope of a reality so far greater than the reality we experience. And it can't be found through digital, artificial means. So God dreams up this plan that's much bigger than Babylon. And the dream that God has of this plan that he has, I keep calling it a dream because Jacob has a dream. And the dream of Jacob is the dream of God. It's like God gives Jacob a dream that's in God's heart and says, Jacob, I'm going to show you something very, very special. Jacob, I love you. You're mine forever. I've got this plan that is so far beyond your little brain, <laughs> which I love and I made it and it's perfect the way I made it. But I'm going to give you a dream that's going to blow your mind in a thousand different ways. And yet, you still won't grasp the greatness of my plan. But you'll, you'll get enough of it. You'll understand enough of this dream. So we find ourselves in uh, Genesis 28. Starting in uh, verse 10, we'll just go ahead and start with the text here. 
Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And below, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north to the south, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back into this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Did you catch that last part? This is the gate of heaven. Do you remember that word gate coming up anywhere else? Back in Genesis 11, we talked about Babel being the two root words of Babel being Bab, B-A-B, and L, E-L. And the root words of those meaning gate of God. What it, what it means in the original language is gateway of the gods. So God springs this amazing experience upon Jacob. He's he's just uh, I can't remember the context where he was. Oh, he, okay. So um just says he left Beersheba and went to Haran. Okay, so he came to a certain place and stayed there and taking one of the stones. Yeah, there's no, I, I, you know, there might be a place where this is. I'm not sure where it is, but it, it, it just says he goes to sleep one night and he had a dream and there was a ladder set on the earth and the top of it reached into heaven. This kind of looks like the thing that they were trying to build in Genesis 11, doesn't it? I mean, a ladder that's on the earth that can be climbed and go up to heaven. That's exactly what they were trying to do. It says, but this one did reach into heaven. Because the other one in, in Genesis 11 would, could never reach to heaven. It's, it's too small in every way. But then with 
exclamation, he says, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. This staircase, this ladder, this gate had something on it. And they were ascending and descending from heaven to earth, to heaven to earth, back and forth. These angels. So Jacob sees this ladder. Who put this ladder there? Is this, is this a human-made ladder like Genesis 11 that humans could build? No. This is a ladder that's in the spirit. It can't be seen with natural eyes. But in the spirit, it can be seen. And it's a real thing. It's an entry point from heaven to earth where God sends his angels and his angels work his ministries. And Jacob, in all of this moment, he's, he's seeing this entry point into the earth in this special place in Israel and the special interaction with his creator And he experiences a reality where there's a heavenly reach, a heavenly built structure, a heavenly given, heavenly given way for heaven and earth to interact. God gives Jacob this vision of this entry point. And he sees the angels from heaven ascending and descending upon it, doing his ministries in the earth and, and returning. And he wakes up out of this dream and he is on fire. He is on fire. I mean, the first, like, he, uh, he comes up and he, he says, the Lord is in this place. And I had no idea. I had no idea. He says, for certainly, he's, he's saying, with absolute certainty, certainty, I'm telling you, the Lord is in this place, which if you've had the experience, you know what he's talking about. If you haven't, then you don't. I consider myself as one who does not understand the grandness of what the interaction here, but the experience that Jacob has with this dream and with the Lord makes him say of certain account, know this, that the Lord is here in this place. And I was clueless. I didn't see it happen. I walked right into a God encounter and I didn't see it approaching. I woke up in it and I was completely clueless. I got blindsided by God. <laughs> and the, 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 that's that's a, it's just a it's just a beautiful account of an encounter with the Lord. I'm just and and then and then this amazing promise that God gives to Jacob and his offspring, those who he loves, Jacob, his beloved, the one on whom he places his love, says, "I am with you. I'm I'm going to keep you wherever you go." I'll bring you back to this land. 
I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. He made a promise based on his word. He made a promise based on his choice. He made a promise and he's God. And he keeps every single promise. And he gives this promise. Did Jacob somehow earn this? the promise? Did he somehow gain his way into the favor of this promise? Jacob was a dude who was clueless when he had an encounter with the Lord. But after he had an encounter with the Lord, he wasn't clueless anymore. He was on fire. And this experience would mark him deeply. Still does to this day mark Jacob more and more. Does this reality mark him in a deeper and deeper way? Because the reality is so sweet. The promise given... Jacob on fire saying, how awesome is this place? This, none other, (laughs) this is none other than the house of heaven, the Bethel. This is none other than the Bethel. He says this, he uses this word, Beth-el. So instead of, we talked about Babel being Bab-el, gate of God, this is beth L, house of God. This is, the, this is the dwelling place. This is the Bethel of God. This is the dwelling place of the Almighty. This is where he dwells. And he says, and this is the gate of heaven. I would be interested to see, okay, it's a gate of heaven, so that would be a little bit different than the, yeah. Um, the, it's just interesting, the wordplay in this related to Genesis 11, and I haven't certainly ironed out all of the, the wrinkles far from it. So I am a work in progress, and I hope you extend some grace my way as I wrestle through some of these realities just like you do. Jacob saw the gateway. He saw the entrance point. And he says, this is the house of God. This is where God dwells. He dwells in this entrance point. God dwells in this entrance point. It's not just that it's a cool staircase. No, it's that God is the staircase. He is infused in the whole reality. It's not like Jacob had an encounter with a ladder or a um, staircase. Jacob had an encounter with a staircase that was God. It was God like God would do in the burning bush, appearing to Moses. It was God appearing to Jacob as a ladder. Well, that sounds like uh, that sounds like heresy, maybe. I don't know. It could be. I mean, technically, I don't know if it's heresy or not, but here's why this is important. There's someone else who identifies himself with this ladder. There's another who came along afterward and said, oh yeah, hey, that dream that Jacob had, 
That dream was about me. For this story, we got to skip forward a little bit, all the way up to the Gospel of John, which is in the New Testament. You got the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you find John, you're going to turn to chapter one of the early ones, chapter one. Wow, that is amazing. It is actually in John chapter one, which is really cool because John chapter one is a really, really cool chapter. It's one of those chapters that you really, really, really can spend a lot of time in because of what it says about who God is. So Jesus is calling his disciples in uh, verse 43. I'm in uh, John 1, 43 here. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, Hey, Nathanael. Okay, this is, let me paraphrase just real quick because I, I, I want you to track here. Hey, Nathanael. Back to the text. We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, which is a mighty, pro- okay, yeah, this is my interjection again. Mighty proclamation there. They're, they are saying, hey, hey, Nathaniel, you know the guy we've been talking about, the promised one of God, you know the one whom Rose, Moses wrote about, the one the prophets prophesied about, remember that one? Nathaniel knew which one he was talking about. And the news seemed too good to be true. And so he assumed it was too good to be true. But here's one of the great things about God. There's no such thing as too good to be true. Jesus is too good not to be true. And so when he's, he sees, uh, I'm going to jump back into the text here. We found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Which is also very cool, my interjection here for him to say, you know what, I'm not going to fight you on the theological points here, buddy, brother. Um, I can't, yeah. um, but I'll say this, come and see. Come and see for yourself. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Why don't you just come over and walk over here and actually talk to him for like five seconds and find out for yourself. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Angels ascending and descending on Jesus? Where would that be in the Bible? That's a tough one, having angels ascending and descending on Jesus. Jesus was using a picture that would be very familiar to a Jewish mind. He was using a, a picture and a phrase that would immediately bring to mind Jacob's dream. That strange dream they heard about over and over again. They heard about how important that dream was. But nobody really understood, why is that dream important? I mean, yeah, it's cool. There's a, there's a staircase and angels are going up and down. It. That's cool, right. They missed the meaning. Why would Jesus use this word picture to tell this story, the story of Jacob's dream? Remember Jacob saw the ladder and he was like, God is the ladder, the ladder is God. I know that sounds like idolatry, but that's the only way I can explain this. I saw the ladder and I was in God's presence and that that ladder is holy and it's God somehow. Just like Moses could have walked up to the burning bush and looked into it and seen a bush on fire. I'd be like, wow. But God's, God is a consuming fire and he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. But in this other case, Jesus speaks to Jacob through a staircase, which seems weird. I mean, we seem to be okay with the idea of fire, you know, fire, God's, you know, consuming fire. And, you know, if he's going to do something, a burning bush would be, a, a, you know, seem like the, the right thing to do again. Because we're so we'll be below him and he's, he's so holy. We're like, that's actually the really cool. But then we see this staircase and we're like, why would God want to identify with a staircase it's, or a, a ladder? Well, he wants to identify with it because he wants to say, that's who I am. I am the entrance. I am the way. I am the truth. The ladder that Jacob saw, that's me. I'm here. I'm here to give you entrance. You must believe in me. You must hear my words. You must follow me. And my spirit will fill you and give you power to do things you can't even imagine. Jesus says, I am the entrance. I am the doorway. I am the point of contact where angels come and go. They interact with me. I am directing them. I am the Lord. Nathaniel, you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You're the one. You're the one. You are Jacob's ladder. You are the Bethel, the presence, the place that God dwells, the Bethel of God, the house of God, the place where God resides, his presence rests in his house. And in his house is a gate, a door, an entrance into his house through his son. 
And anyone who wills, whoever, anyone who wants, can find Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Come to him. You who are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Those who need water for your soul, come and drink. You who know death and darkness, there is light. This entrance point that God shows to Jacob in a dream. He brings Jacob into this encounter with himself. He shows him a ladder. And then on this ladder, there's angels ascending and descending. He wakes up. He's like, I just had an encounter with God. God was in a staircase. God spoke to me, revealed himself to me through a staircase, through a ladder. And Nathan, Nathaniel has the very same experience. He comes face to face with Jesus of Nazareth. And he's a little skeptical, and Jesus expects him to be as much. But Jesus gets down to the core of him very quickly. He undresses Nathaniel in a couple of sentences. And Nathaniel bows and says, you're the one. You are the one. You are Jacob's staircase. You are the door. The things that Jesus himself said about himself. I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. I, I, am, I am the doorway. I am the gate. I am the gate. He would say, I am the gate. The gate of God. The entrance point into heaven. That's me. And you can't build it with your rocks like they tried to do in Genesis 11. Genesis 11, humanity thought they'd be really smart and build these cool houses made out of this new technology of basically brick making, which is kind of what we do now. We just don't do real bricks anymore now. It's, everything's digital. We're just building and building and building and building and building and building like ants in a farm. It's amazing. But back in Genesis 11, they were using bricks. And they wanted to build a, a temple into the sky. Well, that idea is misguided on many levels. But the ultimate effort to build a Babel is yet to come. To build a gateway of the gods. That's what humanity is about to do. We're engaging with already we're watching it unfold before our eyes. We're seeing a repeat of Genesis 11. But Jesus calls his disciple Nathaniel, and he says to him, 
I am a very different kind of gate. I'm not a gate that can be built by human hands. You've seen the things that human hands can build. That's not me. I come from another place. But I come with an open invitation. And anyone who wills, anyone who wants, anyone can come. The difference between Babel and Bethel, the difference between the gateway of the gods and the house of God, the difference between Babylon the Great and Jesus is that Babylon is a human effort to reach up into the skies in the pursuit of transcendence. It's the human reach towards the fruit the human reach towards cognition, superior intelligence, ultimately ends in slavery, a slavish relationship between serpent and man, where the serpent becomes a tyrant and the man becomes the slave. That's the relationship of the fruit, the forbidden, forbidden, Desire, the forbidden thing. Do not do this. Do not reach out and find ways to become like God. Don't do it. It's what Satan decided to do. You see, Satan wanted to take God's place. He thought he had become a rival, a true rival. But his pride had deluded him so badly that his pride actually talked him into going to battle with Almighty God. Gonna lose that one. Sorry, buddy. Gonna lose it every time. Satan reached for God's throne. He was going to take his place. And now he was inviting Mankind to join him in that reach. And God said, don't reach that way. It's a really bad way to reach. A lot of people have been reaching that way in a long, long time. And they are enemies. And cannot, cannot be reconciled with. They must be destroyed. And there's only a perfect judge who can make that case. I bow in fear and tell as many people about Jesus as possible and pray that as many people believe in Jesus as possible. Because that is what we are to be about in this hour. To be about our Father's business. Preaching the gospel, telling other people about Jesus, giving them opportunities to hear, to believe Jesus says, I am the ladder. I am the ladder that Jacob saw. And this is not a ladder that, that humans build from the ground up to take their place into heaven, much like Satan did. That reach up into the heavens, the reach of transcendence. 
That is the foundation of Babel. Jacob's dream, the dream of God's heart, is the antithesis. It is a loving God reaching down into our world to save us. The very, very opposite of a human reach up for transcendence. And so that's what I'm going to leave with, leave you guys with, uh, everyone with. I'll try to be as inclusive as possible, and I'm going to work on my polishing my podcasting craft over the days to come. So, like I said, please extend grace and please join me on the next episode. Um, haven't totally figured out which one that will be, but I'll let you know on the next episode. Um, until then, I'm going to work on an outro. Hopefully, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too high. That I'll actually have an outro to my show, which is very important to have a good outro. So, get that going. But right now, there is no outro. So, I'm just going to say God bless you, saints. And I uh, look forward to joining with you next time. That concludes this episode of Babylon Singularity. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're looking to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter as well as my website, BabylonSingularity.com. I've also authored a book titled Babylon, available on Amazon. I look forward to hearing any thoughts or feedback, comments that you may have to help me make this show better. I do hope it's a blessing to you. And... I hope that you'll tune in next time to Babylon Singularity.